0: challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times best-selling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. We have on this Great Man Podcast a very special episode for you. And I, The way I guess I should frame this is to say that some great things have come from somebody telling me that something I was doing or airing sucked, <laughs> and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, with me on the program today, I'm in D.C., and we're talking by, I'm talking by phone to some guys at a studio in Nashville, uh, but one of the guys I'm talking to is our old friend J.T. McCraw. You know that name because he's not only one of our coaches, but also he's appeared as a guest on this program. J.T., great to have you with me. Thanks for having me. And, I love it. I love it. And then two men you, you may know for other reasons than anything to do with my podcast. The first man is Chris Terrell. Uh, Chris Terrell uh, is a drummer in Nashville. I explain a little bit more fully where he's drummed and who he's drummed with. But what's, what brings him to our podcast is that he was listening to the podcast and he heard the theme song, which is, by the way, something we just secured from a website. It's not anything anybody we know wrote. And he went to JT and said, this sucks. It doesn't match who Steven is. I'll even pay for a change. And so the wonderful theme that you've heard here at the beginning of this program for the first time uh, is a result of that. Chris Terrell uh, was the drummer for Lady Antebellum, and he's married to the lady of Lady Antebellum, Hillary Scott and uh he's listened to our podcast and is is a man on a on a significant journey himself and he decided that something had to change with this theme song so i'm thrilled to have him for who he is and what he's done and what his history is i'm thrilled to have him because he's a good man great man on a journey and i'm also thrilled because he's made a big difference here with us and this uh theme song chris it's great to have you with us man
1: Thank you for letting me join. This is fun.
0: Oh, so wonderful. Thank you, and thank you for all you've done. That that song is wonderful. And the guy who actually wrote and produced the um, music at the at the front part, it was Chris's idea and Chris's inspiration, is Shane Hill. You may know that name. He's played guitar for Sawyer Brown for many years. He's also a Nashville producer, and I've heard him play, and I literally, after he played, I was supposed to speak a little later. I got on stage and fell on my knees just to touch the ground on which he had played. So, you know, I have to be careful not to worship these guys in Nashville who are such amazing guitars. Anyway, Shane, great to have you with us.
2: I thought you just tripped over my guitar cable, but thanks.
0: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I was worshiping, trying not to be blasphemous because we were in church at the time. So anyway, well, it's well, reciprocal. Uh, uh, great to have you with me. Great to have you with me. Thank you, sir. JT, tell us a little bit about these guys from your perspective. You know them a little bit better than I do, and it was you that Chris walked up to and said, this just sucks. Tell us a little bit about that, just so we have that background.
3: Well, you know, Chris and I meet uh, as regularly as we our schedules will allow, and we were just having breakfast one day, and uh, he said, you know, do you mind if I you know, ask you a question? And he just basically said, who did Stephen's music? And— I actually didn't know so I asked you Stephen and uh, he said uh because I said why do you ask and he said man it just really sucks I mean, it's just terrible <laughs> and he said it doesn't match who Stephen is and what he you know if if he didn't know you and he was just listening to your voice and the content that you have it just didn't match you and your personality so and he was dead serious he goes I will even Hey, like I will put people together to change that if he will let me, so that's, kinda, that's how it came about over uh, I think, two eggs and bacon mm-hmm. and talking about how that theme song just really really sucked. I mean it was <laughs> it was pretty funny, but uh, but you know Chris is a great man. I, I, I uh, like I said, we meet often as often as possible, and uh, we've gotten close over the years, and I love the journey that he's on. Uh, it's quite different than mine, which I think is why we feed off each other and just learn. He's a learner. Chris is super intelligent, um, and he 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 just devours books. And I think he's even doing a college course again right now, or a theology. Is it theology? Is that what you're doing? Uh,
1: yeah, it's a uh, kind of an apologetics course. Yeah. Oh, nice.
3: So he's a he's a learner. Uh, he, he's a, and not just a learner, but a listener. You know, a lot of people want to learn, but they don't listen. to counsel. But Chris definitely does. He takes everything to heart, and it just—it's a joy to uh, to sit and talk with him. And uh, we definitely feed off each other and learn. So that's Chris, and then Shane. Uh, my nickname for him is Muffin or Pudding, <laughs> dependent upon uh, time of day. <laughs> time of day. But uh, um, Shane, actually, we go to church together, and I've known Shane and his wife, uh, Kristen, for quite a long time, and. Kristen is actually one of our worship leaders at church and Shane plays when he's not out on the road with Sawyer uh, Brown, but Shane's a great guy too. I mean, just, you know, uh, his demeanor is always kind of even killed. You never see him up or down. He's just kind of even killed. And, uh, the thing that I remember about Shane a lot, uh, is when he does a great guitar riff in church and I stop worshiping and just stare at him and, (laughs) begging him to do that again (laughs) uh but no these are two great men on two you know obviously different journeys and uh looking forward to hear their a little bit about their story today
0: well now shane you know we want to talk about your lives obviously and uh and i really appreciate the music fantastic but i don't know how it works because i'm not a musician or a songwriter myself when you're what were you thinking of the music so cool so perfect so hard driving did you have a theme in mind was there something about manhood that was playing in your head or is or do you musicians just are you just able to pull that stuff together without having to have a theme how does it work in your head i just like for the guys who are listening to this program all the time to know anything that kind of congealed in your brain about how to produce this sound oh man um I know I'm asking for the songwriter's secrets but still I'm just intrigued by how perfect this is. <laughs> ah, no, what were going in your brain?
2: Honestly the challenge was just knowing you and knowing your work well and having you know heard you speak a lot and it, it it was somewhat daunting just from the aspect of first of all since it's not lyrical you're just musically trying to translate something that you know and and strong man or good man can be interpreted a, a lot of ways musically you know is it supposed to be this anthemic triumphant drums kind of, you know, I mean, that didn't seem like you, I knew you liked guitar. I knew you loved America, uh, <laughs> you know, so we we, <laughs> we were just trying to slip in elements that could be kind of cool and hip and maybe cross uh, platform as far as what genre the music would slip into. You know, I mean, you can, obviously we didn't want to uh, throw you a, a riff that came off a docking record from like that Sure. before. Sure. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. Honestly, my wife and I just sat down and started kind of digging for a melody, and, and we sort of knew we wanted to sneak in the, the God Bless America thing if we could, which is probably hidden under, uh, under the wrong chord changes underneath, so not everyone would catch it, but, you know. Uh,
0: no, I caught it. I caught it. I love it. I love right. it. Good, good. Well, let's stay with you for a minute. Um, I really appreciate the music and now, now the guys have a little bit of association with that other than just me, but tell us a little bit about your journey as a man. I think you know how I mean that, uh, you know, we do, we, uh, did you have uncles and fathers and brothers who taught you a lot of things or like a lot of us, did you have to get out in the world and mess it up and then kind of begin to learn something about being a man? How did it go for you? Um,
2: I had a great father. Um, I, I had, I had other men certainly that, that, poured into my life. I had an uncle that was pretty, uh, crucial in my younger childhood, but, um, yeah, I had a great dad. Um, having said that, I probably didn't really take hold in a lot of ways until I lost my dad, uh, which was mm. fairly early. I was probably 30, I guess, 33. And, uh, you know, that's the moment that you start thinking about your legacy and, and what you're doing and who you are and what, you know, his legacy and just, I don't know, there was a lot of ways I didn't take hold until he passed and I wish I had paid more attention and, you know, that sort of stuff. But um, I was I was blessed. I kind of grew up in the Partridge family, so we were on the road for years together and I basically lived with my folks for, uh, for all the time up until I moved to Nashville, which I was 28. So, yeah, I had a lot of years that a lot of people don't get of just... Uh, six days a week of living and working with my folks yeah well seven but you know uh that I can't imagine what I would have turned out like without uh, not that I'm so uh, such a bad guy, you know, but left to my own devices i I think I just I especially needed some some guidance and my dad was the ultimate man's man so uh you know my one of my big regrets was not paying more attention when he was digging into something that now I find myself in the middle of going, ugh, what am I doing, you know?
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I, again, I don't want to invade anything that's private or, or, or too yeah. personal, but a lot of guys listening, you know, didn't have really a dad in the home or didn't have a dad who was teaching them lessons. Can you do mine just pulling out from your experience with your dad, just one lesson, one thought, one principle, one one sentence that is an example of his wisdom for your life. Don't don't make anything too personal. Like I say, we're not trying to get right in the middle of your your family or your personal relationship to your dad. But in other words, I'd like for some of the guys to hear what it's like to have a dad speak wisdom into your life. Do you have just one maxim or principle that your dad taught you? Oh, gosh. I know it's hard.
2: Um, yeah, I can't boil it down to one, honestly, but he was just... He was such a, um, I don't know, he just carried the weight. He was a man's man. He stepped forward. He did unto others. Uh, he, you know, he certainly, um, I didn't grow up in an ultra-Christian home, and yet I grew up with ultra-Christian principles, you know, and and, uh, and was kind of home church. And he just, he, he sort of was the guy that I most know who walked out the gospel without necessarily saying a word about it, if mm. you will, you know.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Shane, let's turn to you for a moment. Now, I've I've really been excited about talking to you as well as Shane. Um, I'm sorry, I meant to say Chris, because um, I want to explore uh, a, a way that you are living that a lot of guys are living these days um, that is absolutely manly, absolutely uh, righteous, and godly, and good, and great manhood, but it's non traditional. And that is that you were a professional drummer, you played for some of the biggest groups in your industry, um, but you've made a decision to be, as you say, a stay at home dad, while your wife, Hillary Scott, is, you know, the lady of Lady Antebellum, one of the biggest groups around. So, Um, that's, that's got, to got to, that can't have been an easy decision for you. And I imagine that you still have to think it through from from time to time, maybe explain it to people. So talk us through that, that uh, journey a little bit and be aware that so many guys listening are walking that same journey and being challenged in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, it's a, it was a fun, fun and also challenging, uh, process the biggest the biggest turning point was when we have well, we have three daughters um a six-year-old and then we have one and a half year old twin daughters so that was the big uh the big nudge was when we found out we were pregnant with twins uh, you start to look at what this is really gonna have to shift some things it's gonna gonna need some pivoting uh for what this what this will look like and it was a really initially and overall it's overall been an easy decision in the sense of I I knew 100 percent that there was no reason to try to drag everyone around on the road and we'd have to hire three or four or probably a rotating five people to be helping with brand new babies. We'd already done one baby on the road and we sort of knew how to do that. And, but it would be a whole another ball game and quite the circus to try to bring everybody out on the road together. So that, that was a, in that initial sense, it was an easy, like, well, I think I need to just, I need to pull back because I don't want to try to, run everybody around all over the country, and newborn twins, we don't even know what that's going to be like. So <laughs> there was a, it was a pretty easy initial, well, I think it's time for me to to step away. Um, and I've always, I've always felt, uh, I've always been excited to be a father. And I've always looked forward to having children. And it definitely was always a, a, a calling on me, I felt that calling, even since I was young, a young boy, that I couldn't wait to be a father um, and a husband. And so the idea of me not always being full-time working had always, I'd already thought about that throughout my life. And it was not a a shocking thought for me to not be working full-time. So I I really, I, I think that's just the grace of God having already kind of been nudging me in ways throughout my life that that's a, that's at least a possibility. And then once we found out we were having, having twins, it was like, okay, let's go. This is, this is it now. So, Um, it's really been, a a fun challenge and I haven't, I think it's helped me see how much I, and confirmed in me that drumming was such a fun passion and such a big piece of what I did for the past 15 years. Uh, but it was never, it was never my identity and it was never so much of me and what I do that it wasn't that hard for me to step away from it, um. And I, I, I mean, I, I miss it in a general sense, but I don't. I really haven't played much. It's been two years now that since uh, I've been on the road, and it's been really fun. A, a lot of challenges have come along with that of just keeping my sanity in the day to day busyness. But a lot, I really don't miss. I don't miss the playing, and I don't miss being on the road. It's because I am so filled with the challenges and the the desire to raise all three of my girls and set them up to succeed. Uh, and at the same time be setting up my wife to to continue to thrive in what she's doing um so it's a it's been it's been really fun overall and not to not to say it hasn't been challenging in other ways but uh no part of me is getting stir crazy or or uh losing losing my sanity i've been having a lot of fun with it
0: and you don't feel diminished as a man. I mean, I'm 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 guessing now. Th- this is I'm being a little maybe potentially harsh here. I'm guessing maybe you've been called Mister Scott, uh, oh, yeah. your wife's stage name as opposed to your own name. Uh,
1: yeah, the uh, the typical so to talk thing, to us
0: just about how do you how do you, how do you feel? I, I think you're centered as a man in yourself, but in terms of how other people treat you and deal with you, is there a diminishing of manhood in a sense? And in, in, in the in the culture around you?
1: Yeah, I think I think it. Uh I mean, the funny thing is on the road and it's still, I'm so close with so many of the, you know, tour manager and all the the production staff on the road with her. And, um, uh, typically I'm just grouped into, I'm part of the wives because the the artists are the three artists and they both, the other two, you know, Charles and Dave, her bandmates are married and have kids. So they're always handling the three artists and then the three wives. So I usually get roped into jokingly, but seriously, Oh yeah. Do we have all three wives? Okay. We're good. (laughs) Um, and I, th- I think what I sense more often than when um, people find out, or I'm talking to, to groups of people at a cookout or something, um, I think it's it's most shocking—not shocking, but I think what catches people off guard is that I stepped away from so many opportunities. It's not so much that I'm I'm full time at home; so many people are doing that. But I think it's it's surprising, and they they lean into, well, wait a minute. So you you could have kept touring, or you could have. What, what are you doing now? The the immediate reaction is, okay, so you stopped touring. Are you producing now? Or are you, are you songwriting? Are you, what what are you doing with your time? And it's like, no, I actually, I pulled away from that full-time job to pour most of that full-time hours into children and into my home. So I think that's, it's more so watching people try to figure out what that really, what that really can look like in a balanced way of that. I'm not, I'm not lacking. I haven't, stepped away so that I could jump into some other business or programming here at home. I stepped away so I could put those hours towards my children and towards our home life and keeping that stability. And, um, and I, I really enjoy that. And I, I feel like I, I'm learning more and more about myself in the midst of it. And I'm also just, I'm digging into what are the best ways I can be not only exemplifying things, but just giving quality time and attention an intention to how my daughter's day to days go, what mm-hmm. things they get to be involved with, what other people are coming in and out to help with stuff. Um, so it's, it's been, I, 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 it's funny to watch people try to, try to unpack it. It's really more of a social experiment when they find out what I'm doing. I get to hear what their responses are. It's more so they're trying to figure it out for my behalf, but I'm really just getting to listen to what they're, Oh, what does that mean? What what would that be like? They kind of they think out loud in front of me, which is a fun uh, fun thing to watch.
3: <laughs> and I, Stephen, I will say, yes. that, you know, in the in the beginning, because I mean, Chris and I've been meeting for years, so even before the twins, and uh, you know, he was as someone in their position as you know, obviously one of the biggest bands out there. You know, the one thing that I really loved about he and Hillary was the decision that you know they could have hired, you know a sloth of nannies, you know, to help them. And, I mean, I mean, they could, certainly can do that. But he was so serious about being a father and uh, just was not willing to let someone else, you know, raise his children, which, you know, yeah. in, in the music industry and in Hollywood and all that, you know, that's such a typical uh, thing. And I just, man, it, it really challenged me uh, even to, to look at what he was doing in a different way. And uh, so I just... From the very beginning, boy, he has really, uh, I am looking so forward to just being a dad. And it was, it was quite humbling, actually.
0: That's powerful, really powerful, guys. This has been wonderful. I tell you one thing that I love about what we're we're all talking about here, and it is a constant theme when I talk to men, is how many different versions, how many different journeys there are. You know, Shane had a fantastic father and a and a tight family. Others of us not so much, but still somewhere along the road, somebody stepped in, somebody coached us, somebody was a dad or a big brother. Chris has got his own unique journey that's that's increasingly the journey of many young men today. And then, you know, JT and I are just grizzled veterans of <laughs> of every of everything evil and then clawing our way out with God's help. No, I'm just playing. But I know. But anyway, guys, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate this. The music means a lot. The whole it sucks means a lot. And your lives mean a lot to us. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you.
2: Thank you so Thanks much. man. All
0: right. Let's all go be great men. To join the great man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's Two Essential Books for Men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.